Ladies and gentlemen, Elvis has left something in the building. Do you know, I think he'd be very proud. Still number one. It's the 2000s chart show. Yes, that's right. Hello and welcome to the 2000s chart show. The chart show dedicated to celebrating the music of the 2000s one UK Top 40 singles chart at a time. I'm Samuel Spencer and this week I'm taking you back to the 12th of July 2003, a time when music sounded like this. Yes, indeed it did, and what a time it was to be alive. Over on the US charts, a little song called Crazy in Love by Beyonce has just got to number one. And, oh, would you believe it, it was also released in the UK this time 20 years ago. Will it get to number one here? Well, we certainly will see. So just to take you back into 2003, open up that flip phone and let's look at some of the news. On the 7th of July 2003, the TV show Mastermind returned to television with John Humphreys taking over the role of Quizmaster. Truly, if we're talking about iconic music, we have to talk about the Mastermind theme there. A theme that I'm hoping one day to hear when I get to go on with my specialist subject of the songs of Madonna, A Man Can Dream. Talking about dreams coming true. Yep, that's a acceptable segue. Deal with it. This week in real time, 2023, I saw the sugar babes in a very gross corporate gig they weren't gross they were great but the corporate gig was gross and now i have a uh, fridge full of protein yogurt so that's uh, that's fun but what was very exciting about this gig seeing the sugar babes was that i got to go a little bit backstage and talk to the girls i had met them once before when i was 10 and i was on blue peter alongside them i got to speak to them and funnily enough they didn't remember me i'm sure they had plenty of uh pre-gay boys telling them how much they love their unique style every day so i'm not surprised they didn't but what i did learn and this is a little whisper i asked mutya whether their upcoming o2 show might find time for song for mutya in its chat listing and she didn't confirm but she gave me a look like don't worry so that's very exciting fingers crossed then Also very exciting, seeing as Siobhan Donahay, the 20th anniversary of her first solo chart entry was last week with Overrated. I got to tell her that. She didn't believe me. I find myself having to be like, no, Siobhan, trust me. I might know more about your career than you do. Uh, but yeah, she seemed so excited that someone remembered her solo work that she gave me a massive hug. So that was nice. So so the Sugar Babes, maybe playing song for Mutia. Very excited when people know about their solo work. But sadly, the Sugar Babes will not be appearing on this week's UK Top 40. But there's a lot of people who will. As well as hearing songs from Mystique, 50 Cent, Lisa Marie Presley and S Club Juniors. Which one of those is going to get to number one? There's only one way we're going to find out and that is by counting down the top 40. So let's make a start with a new entry at number 40. This is Foundation featuring Natalie Rossi with All Out of Love. I know you hurt too, but what else can we do? Tormented and torn apart. I wish I could carry your smile in my heart. But times in my life feel so low. It will make me believe what tomorrow Really 
sadly, not a H and Claire cover there. But it is a cover of soft rock classic All Out of Love by Air Supply. Viewers out there who watched a lot of music TV in the early 2000s may remember these kind of songs from the Time Life Power Ballads compilation CD that seemed to be advertised every 10 minutes on the box. Time Life Music brings you the power of love. 24 sensual hits by original artists. Classic power ballad stuff. So that was a number 11 hit for Air Supply in October 1980. It also was covered in 2006 by the chart powerhouse that is Westlife featuring Delta Goodrum. Although their version did only get to number 45. But it didn't really matter much to Delta because after all she is... So she did try to get into the top 40 and failed with that. Talk about Delta Goodrum. Air Supply are an Australian soft rock band, All Out of Love. Originally written by Clive Davis, the who became a very important music exec, responsible for the careers of many 2000s chart show big hitters. Westlife, Pink, Usher, Outkast and Whitney Houston all were discovered by Clive Davis. In the recent Whitney film, he was played by Stanley Tucci, who, let's just say, more attractive than the real Clive Davis. But that's movie magic for you. And this song is, well, not, I wouldn't say dance music magic. It's very much of that time in which everyone was trying to turn every cheesy ballad, every power ballad into a trance track. Most famously, Jan Wayne's Because the Night. Because the night belongs to us. Jan Wayne's gonna move ya! So really, it's true, they did try and turn every single cheesy ballad into a trance track, as you can hear here. That's not real, I did make that, but believable, right? If you're gonna do a trance cover of Total Eclipse of the Heart, why not the Spice Girls' Mama at the end of the day? So that was at 40, Foundation featuring Natalie Rossi, and at 39, here is Emma, AKA the artist formerly known as- Emma Bunton. With Free Me. it seems is about to be freed from the charts after six weeks so doing much better than Melanie C who's on the horizon dropped out after about three weeks and this does also mean that Emma's next single Maybe is coming up and as frequent listeners know I hold that that is the best Spice Girls solo single there was so very excited for that but now 38 down from 25 last week this is Punjabi MC and Jay-Z with Yogi and Beware of the Boys So last week we talked about Beware of the Boys, the Panjabi MC song that Jay-Z ruined 
but basically decided to talk over the whole thing. Kind of the original Mel Gedroich in the 2023 Eurovision commentary box. Sorry, Mel. But now this week, we're going to talk about Yogi, the other side of the double A single. So the vocals on this one are by Mohammed Sadiq and Ranjit Kaur. And Sadiq has been an Indian MP since 2019. So maybe the only Indian politician on this week's UK Talk 40. As far as I know, Sue Elise from Mystique has yet to run for Indian government. But if she does, we will edit this episode and uh, reflect that truth. The chorus for Yogi begins, don't give your heart to a foreigner, he will make you weep every day. As someone married to a foreigner, I have no comment on that particular line. So we will move on to another line from the song, which is, these are the translations, of course, from the Punjabi. Along with Ranha the Yogi, you will also have to become a Yogi. A Yogi, one definition of that, it's a Indian caste, but it's also become used as someone who practices yoga. And that's actually funny, because I was driven to yoga by my foreign husband. So really, this song is my uh, is my my life story. And by driven to yoga, I mean, I tried to do Jerry yoga on youtube once it got to a bit where she's like right now we're gonna do a headstand and i was like uh no we're not <laughs> unfortunately my opportunity to open my chakras via the spiritual power of yoga came to nothing and i blame you jerry halliwell as i blame you for becoming a tory makes you kind of fizzy i normally do it when i need i don't know a bit of a personality before i do an interview or something quickly stand on my head if you weep every day because you've given your heart to a foreigner and were forced to become a yogi, please email us at the 2000schartshow at gmail.com. Love to hear your stories. And while we wait for those stories to come flooding in, like that bit in Bruce Almighty where he wants all the prayers changed into post-it notes and there's a flood of post-it notes. It's relevant. The film, that film came out in 2003. That's, uh, it's about as on track as we'll, we'll be on this episode, I think. But while we wait for that to happen, here's number 37, Jennifer Lopez with I'm Glad. glad that in its fourth week much less successful than Jennifer Lopez's previous work a real misstep for her whether that was because of music industry interference because she was trying to take too much control over her career we will not know but what's for sure is that I'm glad is merely a blip and Jennifer Lopez is is going to come back with a few her next two singles I think get to number two and number one so don't count Miss Lopez out yet but we are counting her out of this chart for now and moving on to another new entry this is British Sea Power with Carrion and Apologies to Insect Life first of five top 40s for this British alternative rock band. Fun fact for any people who live near the Greenwich area of London, the place in 2003 where I saw Girls Aloud do a promotional gig where they played their first three singles. I say Girls Aloud, I mean four of them because Cheryl had a bad back that day apparently. Where will we? Oh yeah, Greenwich. The words of the chorus of Carrion by British Sea Power are featured on a mural in London's Maritime Museum in the London Docklands area. It's a lovely uh, day out at the London Maritime Museum if you love big boats and you cannot lie. 
those other brothers can't deny when a boat walks in with a I don't know a fat prow and one of those women on the front of it you get sprung oh my god Becky look at her boat okay I mean her boat it's just so big we're not being sponsored by London Maritime Museum I don't think we're maybe the audience that they're trying to aim for but if you're listening London Maritime Museum execs I am available love a boat the line, incidentally, that's in the London Maritime Museum on their mural is always, always, always the sea, brilliantine mortality. And of course, there's only one thing we can give that line. Which brings us to a poetry highlight of the week. Poetry highlight of the week. If it's good enough for London's Maritime Museum, it's good enough for us here at the 2000 Chart Show. The main interesting thing about British sea power is that in August 21, they changed their name to just Sea Power, getting rid of the British. Their reason for this, it was the combination of British and power that no longer worked for us. This is from The Guardian, by the way. We imagined a youngster at a European festival in the 21st century looking at a programme and seeing a band name including the words Hungarian or Russian alongside power. It would likely send your mind in a certain direction, quite possibly to the isolationist adversarial nationalism that had recently taken a hold around the world. So yeah, Sea Power, changing their name from British Sea Power, Definitely the worst thing to happen as a result of Brexit. Well, apart from mass inflation and food shortages and the end of freedom of movement. And the feeling that the uh, the empowerment of right-wing nationalists and the subsequent rise in hate crimes and the shoring up of a Tory government and the succession of a series of prime ministers each lesser well than the other and the end of European human rights legislation and the career of Boris Johnson and the cutting off of the NSA as a world as a world force in a time in which it Apart from all of those things, Sea Power changed their name to, from British Sea Power is the worst thing that Brexit brought us. Good, that was fun, wasn't it? So let's get back into a serious space with our next singles in the UK Top 40 of the 12th of July 2003. At 35, Faint by Linkin Park. At 34, Girlfriend by B2K. At 33, Electric Sixties Gay Bar. And at 32, S Club's Say Goodbye and Love Ain't Gonna Wait For You. Watching you, turn your back like you always do. A little bit insecure, a little unconfident, cause you don't understand to do what I can, but sometimes I don't make sense. Dreams for me and 
I found an interesting little nugget of information about S Club this week when I was looking at a profile that John Ronson, the writer of The Men Who Stare at Goats and The Psychopath Test, did with S Club Juniors in 2003. And it contained a kind of tragic nugget about s club so it said during the band's four years together each member reputedly earned about half a million pounds while their manager simon fuller made 50 million pounds a running theme of this show being how awful the music industry was in the mid 2000s not that i think it's uh, changed very much and good to continue that running theme because of course there are three running themes of the 2000 chart show the awfulness of the music industry bad british indie and of course the iraq war you snog marry and avoid on those at home To all of you who've now married the Iraq war, here is your first dance at your wedding. Sure, just go with it. Number 31, Michelle Branch, new entry with Are You Happy Now? Michelle Branch, a American singer-songwriter, in November 2002, she'd had her highest chart position. I think it's number 17 with her Santana collaboration, The Game of Love. For any of you who are Buffy fans, and I would imagine the Venn diagram of people who like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and people who listen to Naughty's Nostalgia podcast is basically a full circle. She, Michelle Branch, was the artist who was playing at the bronze when Giles left. Goodbye to you. Goodbye to you. So she does hold an iconic place in British pop culture through her involvement in Buffy, but she did have a bit of a hard go of it on the charts, which is a shame because I think her song Everywhere and this song Are You Happy Now are pretty good, but she had the problem that she debuted? She made her debut on the charts about four months before Avril Lavigne basically did exactly the same thing, but with much less integrity. And if we've learned anything from doing this podcast, it's that integrity doesn't get you very far in the British music industry so it's no surprise that Avril Lavigne is still selling out arenas whereas Michelle Branch is at home presumably nussling her integrity for warmth. In looking up Michelle Branch I found a very interesting report from VH1 at the time about this new generation of pop stars which included Michelle Branch, Avril Lavigne and Vanessa Carlton. They're young, they're beautiful and they're fully clothed. The next generation of teen pop stars is rebelling against the pop of old putting substance before style and music before image. Very funny seeing as Vanessa Carlton, perhaps the ultimate one-hit wonder of the 2000s. It's a very idealistic report. They're kind of saying like, they're like, oh, it's, these guys are going to be so successful. They've got a fresh image. They've got a complete of lack of gimmicks. It's like, have you seen any of the history of pop music? It's all gimmicks all the way down. Classic bit of 2000s reporters though, because basically the subtext of this entire report is God isn't Britney Spears awful. While she's very young, she knows what she wants. She's independent, where you didn't get that feeling with some of the Britneys or the Christinas of the world. You felt that there was magicians in the back pouring the magic on the little girl there. And then she- so even when she's not getting physically slapped by someone's security guard, she was getting slapped by the media. But we haven't got time to litigate the media stripping of Britney Spears right now. But before we move on from this Michelle Branch report, we have to highlight the one woman who gets it. People call Avril Lavigne the anti-Britney. She has just as calculated an image as Britney did. You know, if Britney was the schoolgirl skirt, well, she's got the schoolgirl tie. So to each pop star comes an image. 
Yeah, love her. She is definitely a woman after my own heart. So this song lost the Grammy for female rock performance to Pink for the song Trouble. I mean, I like the song Are You Happy Now, but I think that's fair enough. Grammy's making a rare good decision there. And also this highlights a classic bit of music industry sexism, because why we're currently, we might as well keep going with the how awful the music industry is talk. So after this year, the Grammys combined the male and female rock performance categories into a genderless best rock vocal performance and then guess what a man won it every single year after that until the category was scrapped this this week's the 2000 chart show is brought to you by sexism but luckily we have a iconic woman next up at number 30 down from 17 in its second week this is maloko with forevermore Sadly, we have to follow that with a mediocre white man. So at number 29, this is Scooter the Night. Yeah, it's the night. Oh, there is bats in the sky because it's the night. We're feeling all right. This party's not going to be shite. Yeah. That's what I assume it sounds like. Couldn't be bothered to check. At number 28 now, a new entry. This is Mario with Come On. Staring from across the room, I just want to get closer. Oh, that's funny. That didn't quite sound how I imagined Mario's song would be. Let me just, um, let me just, uh, check. Oh yeah, here we are. Just kidding. Of course, Mario is is not the uh, mushroom-killing plumber with dumps like a truck. He is the American R&B singer born Mario Diwar Barrett. Quite a brazen thing to do to go mononymic with the name Mario when Mario is also one of the most famous characters of all time. I'm just saying, if my parents had named me Sonic the Hedgehog, I probably would have to use my surname for my singing career. Yeah, Sonic the Hedgehog Spencer, you know. But Mario decided to be mononymic when he was signed at the age of 14. And Come On, the song you just heard, is coming out when he's only 16 years of age. A great opening line for this song is, Now that you've come front, I want to thank your mums for bringing you into this life. That's coming on very strong, isn't it? (laughs) Maybe that's the thing about uh, Mario's. They like to come on strong, because I don't know if you know this, but uh, Mario, who... By the way, Mario from Nintendo, his last name is also Mario, I believe. So Mario Mario does like to uh, meet girls in the club. This is true, actually, and be like, Hey, baby, you want to take a mustache? <laughs> Can't do Italian accent. Let's try that again. Hey, hey, Luigi, hey, baby, want to take a mustache ride and fill my plunger? Hey. <laughs> yeah, look, in this podcast, we will give you Iraq War references, fun facts, and nostalgia, but we will not give you good accents. We never promise to do that. In case you're wondering about Mario, Mario the singer, not the plumber. <laughs> 
Yes, that is the same Mario who released the song Let Me Love You, which was a number two hit in March 2005, which means we will get to it on this podcast in March 2025, relying, of course, that I haven't gone into a coma by then from listening to too much dull British indie. But hopefully I'll still be around to give you more talk about Mario in 2025. Talking of songs by the way, that will put you into a coma. At 27, in its fifth week, Shania Twain's Forever and For Always. I can stay right here forever in your arms And there ain't no Three more songs at 26, 25 and 24. 26, a 14 place drop for flop girl band Tommy with Like What. At 25, the definitely not flop Justin Timberlake in his eighth week with his song Rock Your Body. And at 24, a band that is probably a flop band now, but are about to have their two biggest hits. This is The Darkness with Growing On Me. three songs you get the whole variety of the 2003's chart an amazing time and it's certainly an amazing time for 50 Cent now in his 17th week on the UK charts with Inter Club Inter Club on its way to becoming the 13th 
biggest selling song in the UK in 2003, despite the fact that it only got to number three in the charts. Also, a big week for 50 Cent because he becomes only the second artist in the 2000 chart show history to have two singles in the UK top 40 at once. A bit later on in the show, we will hear his new single, 21 Questions. It's previously a US number one, but it remains to be seen whether it can beat the combined powers of Beyonce and S Club Juniors to get that number one spot on the 12th of July 2003. Two people who certainly though have not got a number one this week are at 22, DJ Sammy with Sunlight, and at 21, Metallica with Saint Anger. didn't listen to last week's episode a clip from the drummer of Metallica's dad burying his son in a ditch with his harsh words when I was doing my A-levels there was a meeting at my school with our parents in which the teachers recommended that they acted like quote critical friends to us during our A-levels basically kind of being supportive but also kind of pushing us to make sure we're doing all our work and Lars Ulrich's dad from Metallica the ultimate critical friend there one of my favourite clips that we've played on the show so far and one of my favourite songs that has been on the 2000 chart show so far is at number 20 this is Christina Aguilera with Fighter Christina there down from 15 in her fourth week and bringing us nicely into the top 20. Hi, I'm Wes and this is this week's official The 2000 Chart Show Top 20. Thanks Wes. I've downloaded a lot of Top of the Pops clips recently so I'll just be peppering those throughout our upcoming episodes. So let's see who is still to come of the new entries this week. Of course, the big headline star of this week is Beyonce with Crazy in Love. The 12th of July marked her second week at number one with her album Dangerously in Love. It's sold about 200,000 copies in the UK so far at this point. And Crazy in Love is the first single from that album. And a song that I think many people would say is the best song of the 2000s. But then the British public has very little taste, as you can tell by the fact that the fast food rockers are still in the top five at this point. So... 
That does not mean that the UK is going to give Beyonce her first UK number one. Of course, she has had two UK number ones with Destiny's Child at this point, with Independent Woman in December 2000 and Survivor in April 2001. So she will be surely hoping to add another one this week, but she will first have to beat Jay, Frankie, Rochelle, Stacey, Daisy, Calvin and Aaron. Is that all of them? Anyway, there's eight of them and that's why they are S Club 8. This is their first single since rebranding as S Club Juniors because they're all grown up now. They're at least 13. The youngest is 13, the oldest is 16. So time to put away childish things and be rebranded as S Club 8. And this is their first song, Fool No More. A frankly brilliant pop song, arguably better than 90% of S Club 7's songs. Yet to have a number one, S Club Juniors, but their first three singles one Step Closer, Automatic High, and the frankly incredible, although slightly problematic because very culturally appropriative, New Direction all got to number two in 2002. So they will be hoping to match that with their new song, Fool No More. But then they will have to all face off 50 Cent. I'm not sure how they do it. I guess Jay and Aaron will grab the shoulders, Frankie grabs the head, Stacey and Daisy grab the feet, and they can kind of carry him like Gulliver's Travels. 50 Cent is following up his mega smash into club with 21 questions. It had been a former US number one, so he will obviously be trying to match that in the UK. 21 questions by 50 Cent, of course, being his song that includes the iconic line, I love you like a fat kid love cake. So with poetry like that, who can stop him from going to number one? The answer may be Mystique with their song Can't Get It Back. It's the Mystique ladies, we're coming back strong. Mystique currently have not had a UK number one. They've had two songs go to number two, All I Want in June 2001 and Scandalous in March 2003. Scandalous was their most recent single and it was, in fact, it was in the charts when we started this podcast. So they will be hoping to do one better than Scandalous and finally get a UK number one with Can't Get It Back. But which of those is going to chart the highest? We will find out as we head into the top 20 and go to our new entry at number 19. A song I think, frankly, deserves to be talked about amongst those big hitters, but is stuck in the middle of the chart. This is Sinead Quinn with What You Need Is. Sinead Quinn was the runner-up in the 2002 series Fame Academy. She was beaten by David Snedden, who has had a number one single and a number three single at this point in chart history. He was incidentally the first person to have two songs in the UK Top 40 at once that we've talked about on this podcast. But Sinead Quinn, a very important artist for me because she was the first person who made me realise that misogyny was a real thing. Well, between Anna losing Big Brother Season 1 to Craig and Sinead Quinn losing to David Snedden. It was a cold, hard realisation that the world is run by misogyny. In the Fame Academy final, where she fought off against David Snedden and Lamar, who, not to spoil anything, but we're going to talk about his first single in a few weeks' time. Six million people voted in the Fame Academy final, with 2.5 million votes going to Sinead Quinn to put her in second place. Now, I have no evidence for this, but I just know that everyone who voted for David Snedden over Sinead Quinn voted leave at Brexit. I just have that feeling in my gut. But she may have lost Fame Academy, but she did sign a five-album deal for £1 million. Unfortunately, that didn't quite pan out. Her career started well with I Can't Break Down. Here, don't you fall. Eyes, don't you cry. 
got to number two unfortunately she stalled behind tattoos all the things she said which stopped it getting to number one but it did sell 95,000 copies including one to me i bought it on cassette wore it out love that song but after this song went to number 19 and her album went to number 48 she was dropped from her deal and Sinead Quinn now works at a company called Electric Umbrella which uses music therapy to work with adults with disabilities so good for you Sinead Quinn and I'm glad we could celebrate one more time your completely underrated single What You Need Is that is if nothing else the point of this podcast you know we can talk about your Beyonce's and your Robbie Williams's and all of that but it's really about giving the spotlight one more time to people like Sinead Quinn so I'm so glad we've been able to do that. And someone I'd also like to shine a little bit more spotlight on. My campaign to get her to play Mighty Hoopla continues at number 18. This is Amy Stutt with Misfit. in its fourth week on the chart and down from 14 last week. Amy Stutt at 18 and at 17 are Do The Most Queen, Jennifer Ellison with Baby I Don't Care. about things that baby I don't care about here is number 16 a new entry for Lisa Marie Presley with Lights Out I should warn listeners of a sensitive disposition here that this is a Nepo Baby Alert. Nepo Baby Alert. Of course, I mean, the clue is in the name. Lisa Marie Presley is the only daughter of Elvis Presley and Priscilla Presley. Is she Elvis and Priscilla's only child? Oh. Thank you, the king. She also was heir to the Elvis estate along with her grandfather and great-great-grandmother, so Elvis's father and grandmother. On her 25th birthday, which was in 1993, Lisa Marie Presley inherited the entire Elvis estate, which had grown to an estimated $100 million at that point. And how did she celebrate that? Why, by marrying Michael Jackson. (laughs) 
who she was betrothed to from 1994 to 1996. They then divorced, she said, because she didn't want to have his children. She said in an interview with Playboy, he's not sexually seductive, but there is something riveting about him. He doesn't let people see who he is. When he does, it's hard to shake. I got caught up and I thought I was in love with the man. I don't know what else to say. And I don't know what else to say because those Michael Jackson fans online are scary and I don't want to get on the wrong side of them. Definitely, Lisa Marie Presley definitely has interesting taste in men because after divorcing Michael Jackson, she then married Nicolas Cage. Not the beast! From 2002 to 2004, she said... We had somewhat similar realities. We're both part of famous families and I admired the shit out of him because he detached himself from his family name and got a career by himself. He and I detected some sort of rebellious spirit in each other. In case you didn't know, by the way, Nicolas Cage is actually a a Coppola. He is Francis Ford Coppola, the director of The Godfather and Apocalypse is Now's nephew, I think. So Sophia Coppola's cousin. She liked that he detached himself from his family name and just became Nicolas Cage. But obviously, Lisa Marie Presley didn't do that. Although, to be fair, there would be no point because she looks like the exact intersection of Elvis Presley and Priscilla. You could take one look at her and know exactly who she was related to. After getting a $100 million fortune and probably making a decent amount of money from divorcing Michael Jackson and Nicolas Cage, what would you do with all that money? What would you do? And she obviously thought, why not have a pop career? And the answer to why not have a pop career is because you might release a song as completely nondescript as like. Lights Out. Lights Out, co-written by Glenn Ballard, who was the co-writer of Alanis Morissette's Jagged Little Pill, which is probably why it sounds like if Jagged Little Pill took a Jagged Little Pill, which was a tranquilizer. Very kind of zonked out Alanis Morissette, this song. And that might be because it's like Jagged Little Pill, except it's a parallel universe in which Jagged Little Pill was sung by a woman who doesn't care that she's been dumped because she has a hundred million dollar fortune. But anyway, in 2004, Lisa Marie Presley sold 85% of her father's estate. So I'm guessing... The pop career didn't do too well. We mentioned earlier that she kept the family name for this and this song was kind of her idea she said in interviews was everyone's going to be talking about me as Elvis's child so I, I'm going to face that up front with a song that has lyrics that are all about that kind of family legacy. So the chorus of this song goes someone turned the lights out there in Memphis Memphis of course being where Graceland Elvis's home was oh that's where my family is buried and gone last time I was there I noticed a space left next to them there in Memphis in the damn back lawn. Kind of a very eerie lyric now actually because when Lisa Marie Presley died in January 2023 she was buried in that plot in Graceland that's a little little morbid so we'll We're not really a morbid podcast as a rule, so I think we will move on to number 15, and it's third week down from 10 this week. This is Ashanti with Rock With You brackets, and I've only said these brackets in an accidentally creepy way so far, so let's see if I avoid it this time. Or baby. Yeah, I think that was okay. Rock With You or Baby has been a pretty good seller. So there is a parallel universe in which Ashanti could have been as big as Beyonce. Turn that into a Black Mirror episode rather than an... Ooh, phones, aren't they scary? But we have no time to slag off Black Mirror now because we have to talk about number 14. Another new entry. This is Paul Van Dyke and Hemstock with Nothing But You.
nothing but you seems to be nothing but <sighs> breathy female vocals. It really is the logical conclusion of the breathy female vocals trend, really, isn't it? It's like, what if we just did something with just breathy noises with no words at all? You know, it's like painting in the early 20th century. Everyone being like, what? Let's strip it back more and more. Let's make it look less like reality. Let's use less colours. Let's use straight lines. And then finally, you get a painting that's just white. And that is what the musical equivalent of Nothing But You by Paul Van Dyke and Hemstock is. Paul Van Dyke, incidentally, a German DJ born Matthias Paul. And he was the first ever DJ to be named number one by the DJing magazine Mix Mag. That was in 2005. What do I think about this song? Well, as a tribute to this style of song, I will give you a review of Nothing But You by Paul Van Dyke using only breathy noises. There we go. That's Paul Van Dyke dealt with. And at number 13, the sludgy British indie continues because this is I Just Need Myself by Ocean Colour Scene. As frequent listeners know, this is a podcast with a lot of enemies and nemeses, people who have done things in 2003 that we still remain angry about 20 years later. In fact, we have so many nemeses that we are now starting another segment on this show. This is Nemesis Corner. Nemesis Corner. And I'm going to have to add Top of the Pots presenter Colin Murray to that list. In his introduction to Ocean Colour Scene, Colin Murray takes the opportunity to throw shade at S Club A. I will play the clip, but you can't quite... I might have to explain what's happening visually here. So let's hear the clip. I kid you not, that's S Club 8. Now, when this next band had their first hit, that last lot weren't even born. Imagine that. A world without S Club 8. Sorry, they're back in the top 20. They're back in top of the pubs. This is Ocean Colour Scene. So basically, when he says, imagine a world without S Club A, he does this look of like, like that would be like the best reality in the world that he'd be so happy doing that. So basically, he's wishing death on a group of children there, which would all be fine because of course, we've all wished deaths on groups of children when we've been on the bus and they've all been too loud playing their Ice Spice. But what is so irritating about this clip is that he's using it to introduce ocean colour scene, like as if his implication is, oh, wouldn't the world be better if there was less S Club 8s and more ocean colour scenes? To which I say, no that would be terrible you can't slack off the song fool no more which is like pop perfection and then use it to introduce a song that is the most brit pop by numbers warm lager swilling dad music ever made it's like he'd been like oh the s club juniors are crap but now here's something better 10 minutes of paint drying sort it out colin murray i want a public apology for what you said about s club juniors although i realize i have actually been quite offensive there so i'd like to apologize to the concept of watching paint dry for saying that you were as interesting as ocean color scene that is offensive to the concept of watching paint dry which was much more interesting than that i'm not anti-britpop i love blur and pulp and elastica as much as anyone not oasis of course because i am homosexual and that would actually be illegal for me to like oasis you know i know a lot about britpop because i'm kind of interested in that era but even i had assumed that ocean color scene had probably given it up by 2003 discovering that ocean color scene is still making britpop in 2003 is really like discovering that your granddad is a stripper you kind of think well i guess good for him but it's a little embarrassing that he's still doing it although that's of course not to be a 
condescending to anyone's real granddads out there. I'm sure they're all gilfs. But just to compare, well, next week we'll have another song from Blur from their album Think Tank. And Think Tank is a very different album from what Blur were doing in the 90s because they had moved on with the times musically, whereas Ocean Colour Scene is still doing the same old crap and Colin Murray loves it. And we need to move on because it's terrible. We've wasted too much time on Ocean Colour Scene. Although we will mention just for the real chart nerds out there that this is the 13th of their 17 UK Top 40s. And all I have to say about the fact that Ocean Colour Scene has 17 UK Top 40s is open bracket, exclamation mark, close bracket. In case for the real chart nerds out there, their biggest hit was The Day We Caught the Train, which got to number four in June 1996. And it was the song that was played when guests were introduced on Chris Evans's talk show TFI Friday and really the fact that Chris Evans loves this band is everything you need to know about them so we move on to a band of men who are kind of terrible but in a very different way and that's called Variety this is at number 12 down from three three last week Blazing Squads We Just Be Dreaming not a great song from blazing squad but their next single is their classic ode to getting bummed in a truck flip reverse lots to look forward to from kenzie crazy flavor mickey b razor motorola and all the other blazing squad members some of those were real names can you guess which but of course we made a promise to you last week around blazing squad smash hits gave us 27 things you don't know about blazing squad and we've only heard five of them so it is imperative that i tell you the next five No, please, Sam, don't. No, I will. Number six, they've met David Beckham. Blazing aren't the most famous people to hail from Chingford. That honour goes to Bex. I saw him at the Chingford Wimpy once, alleged Strider. He was ordering a bender in a bun. Hmm, bender in a bun, incidentally, my name in prison. Number seven, flavour is like a ginger Mozart. Talented flavour can play guitar, reach grade four in his piano lessons and can play the trumpet as well. He did go, of course, for grade five on the trumpet, but then he flip reversed it and couldn't get a sound out of it. Ha ha. Number eight, Melody sleeps with food. One of the squad's favourite on-tour japes is to stuff plates of food under Melody's sheets, so when he gets in bed, he's smeared in goo. Nice. Insert your own joke there about Melody being smeared in goo. Number nine, old ladies love them. Spike E said, last year at an under-18s club, a woman that looked like a man started coming on to us. She said, I'll show you how a real woman kisses. She turned out to be 40. She liked Tommy B best. Yep, old ladies... 40. Thanks, Smash Hits, for that casual ageism. Number 10, Rocky B is scared of sheep. Don't ever take Marcel to the countryside. Yes, Rocky B, of course, being the future Marcel from Love Island. He's petrified of those savage beasts. Sheep. I got chased by one in Wales, he remembers. I was climbing over fences trying to escape this big white fluffy thing that was chasing me. So that was five more facts about Blazing Squad. So if you ever appear on Mastermind, you can answer every question that you need to do about Rocky B, Melody, and the rest of the clan. And so, good for you. And good for Mariah Carey and Buster Rhymes at number 11 in their 10th week on the chart. So I think when Inter Club finally leaves the chart, they're going to take its place as the longest running chart entry. This is I Know What You Want. As long as you are, you know I got it. Baby, 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 baby. 
they clearly did know what the UK public wants because they are sticking around now for more than two months and slightly stayed around for slightly less long. This is in its third week at number 10, Delta Goodrum's Lost Without You. That, of course, takes us into the top 10 for the 12th of July, 2003. Still to come, 50 Cent, Beyonce, Mystique and S Club Juniors. Sorry, S Club 8. Which one of those got the number one 20 years ago? Well, we're soon going to find out. Oh, and of course, don't forget last week's number one, Evanescence's Bring Me to Life. That could still hold on. So very dramatic, but we'll have to wait to see what is at number one because that we have to now go back to number nine. This is in its sixth week down from eight. XTM, DJ Chucky and Anya with Fly on the Wings of Love. Right, Fly Baby Fly, DJ Chucky. It's amazing that he managed to both be a top-selling DJ and also being a small doll that murders people. So next time you're thinking, oh, should I do that creative project when I get home? Oh, I'm too tired. Think about DJ Chucky. Managed just to split his time being a DJ and a serial killer that has possessed a doll. So at number eight, we have the first of our new entries. Will it be 50 Cent? Beyonce, Mystique or S Club Juniors? Well, I can reveal that the number eight song is uh, this. That is Can't Get It Back by Mystique at number eight. I learned something about this song this week, which is that it is actually a cover. Yes, it's originally by the American band Black. That's B-L-A-Q-U-E. Certainly, I think Mystique have made it their own. And one of the ways in which they made it their own was in their Top of the Pops performance. A very funny example of doing a little bit too much. Not as much as Jennifer Ellison. You can head to our Instagram page at the 2000s Chart Show to see how much she gave to her Top of the Pops performance. But Mystique still do too much. So I'll take you through some of what they did. Although you will hopefully be able to see the performance on our YouTube channel very soon. First, there's there's a backdrop. There's like a video backdrop to Mystique's performance. And what this backdrop consists of is just someone has clearly just filmed Mystique for four minutes just standing there doing nothing and seemingly naked. They're all certainly we can only see them from the shoulders upwards, but they haven't got any clothes on. So it's just Mystique blinking and just occasionally moving their heads in the background. 
And then on the actual stage, they have three men in 2003's sharpest fashion. So obviously khaki coloured combats for everyone. Three men sat on chairs. And so obviously you can tell that the plan was, and this was something that beyond, I think Destiny's Child did quite a lot, that they would have three men on stage and they would kind of lap dance them. Except of course, Top of the Pops wouldn't let them lap dance men at 7.30 on Friday tea time. They would let the director of the Top of the Pops last week shoot up Karano's skirt. But certainly, women are only objects of sexuality in 2003. They, can't, they aren't allowed to have sexuality of their own. So instead, Mystique just have to kind of walk around these men and kind of occasionally just touch their shoulder or something. Very awkward. And then the whole thing ends with each of Mystique taking a white handkerchief from their given man. What this means is open for interpretation. It could be a metaphor for seizing power from the men or that they are surrendering to the erotic charms of Mystique. Or the fact that they've managed to pull a white handkerchief from what seems to be inside the men's bodies. Is that a metaphor for they've danced around them so arousingly that they've all ejaculated? We can't say what it means, but in practice what it looks like is three women stealing three men's snotty hankies. If the song Can't Get It Back is about how those men won't get their snotty handkerchiefs back, I think honestly, Mystique are welcome to them. So a kind of a silly performance, but we do have to appreciate Alicia Dixon in this performance, who really is the queen of giving energy. Was she the greatest rapper in the world? No. Did she perform like she was the greatest rapper in the world? Yes. Really, that is, I think, the biggest problem with with her solo career was the distinct lack of rapping and distinct abundance of breathing slow. So, great shame, the wasted opportunities of Alicia's solo career, which I think there's only one more Mystique Top 40 hit to go, so I think we are going to be hearing about Alicia's solo career sooner rather than later. One more Mystique UK Top 40 to come, which will bring their total to eight... UK Top 40 singles, which is pretty good going for a band with a name as bad as Mystique. Obviously, it's supposed to sound like the word Mystique, but it does also, is very close to Mistake, so not the best band name. And talking about people who've made a lot of mistakes, at number seven, in its ninth week on the chart, down from four last week, we have Arg Kelly with an Ignition remix, and at number six, our next new entry. We've got 50 Cent, Beyonce, and Escobar Jr. still to come, but it is 50 Cent that is at number six with 21 questions. Girl, it's easy to love me now. Would you love me if I was down? And how would you still have love for me, girl? It's easy to love me now. Would you love me if I was down? And how would you still have love for me, Now would you leave me if your father found out I was thugging? Do you believe me when I tell you, you the one I'm loving? Are you mad because I'm asking you 21 questions? Are you my soulmate? So he loves you like a fat kid love cake, and I like this song just fine. And honestly, the most amazing thing about this song, I was really ready to be like, oh, it's so, it's so stupid, it's called 21 questions, but there aren't even 21 questions in it. But there are, in fact, 21 questions in the song. And that has inspired us to provide you a public service. So this is 21 questions about 50 cents. Number one, what is 50 Cent's real name? Answer, Curtis James Jackson III. Number two, where did he get his stage name from? He got his stage name 50 Cent from a metaphorical reference to change. He wanted to symbolise his ability to bring change to the rap industry. Sure. How often do you get 50p change? When you're buying something like £9.50. If you wanted to be represent change, you'd be called one cent. But on with the questions. 
Did 50 Cent have to file for bankruptcy? Number three. Yes, in 2015, 50 Cent filed for bankruptcy due to financial challenges. However, he managed to recover and rebuild his wealth through various business ventures. Number four. How much money did 50 Cent make from allowing to purchase one of his albums using Bitcoin? Answer, $7 million. Number five. Has 50 Cent ever won a Grammy? Yes, he won for Best Rap Performance by a duo or group for his collaboration with Eminem on the song Cracker Bottle. Number six. Is 50 Cent an investor in vitamin water? Answer, yes. Number seven. Did he earn a significant profit when vitamin water was sold to Coca-Cola? Yes. Number eight. What was the name of 50 Cent's autobiography? Why? From Pieces to Weight. Once Upon a Time in Southside Queens, of course. Number nine. What is the name of 50 Cent's charitable foundation? It's the G-Unity Foundation, which provides grants to non-profit organisations that focus on improving the quality of life for low-income and undeserved communities. Underserved communities, not undeserved communities. Number 10. How many times was 50 Cent shot? Answer. Nine, of course. Number 11. Did that experience influence his music and strengthen his determination to succeed? Answer. Yes, according to the ChatGBT prompt when I asked it to give me interesting facts about 50 Cent. Number 12. Has 50 Cent ever directed a film? Yes, he wrote, directed and starred in the film Before I Self-Destruct. 13. What is Before I Self-Destruct's Rotten Tomatoes score? It wasn't reviewed by no critics, but it has got an audience score of 57%. Number 14. What do some of those Rotten Tomato audience reviews say? This film makes you realise using crime will not solve or help anything. The only crime will do is get you locked up and maybe shot up, just like Clarence did in the movie. Other than that, the movie was good. And yet this person still gave it half a star, so quite puzzling there. Number 15. Has 50 Cent ever released his own fragrance? In 2008, he partnered with Rightguard to create his own fragrance called Fifth Power by 50 Cent. Number 16. Has 50 Cent ever tweeted anything homophobic? Answer. Perez Hilton called me a douchebag, so I had my homie shoot up a gay wedding. Wasn't his, but still made me feel better. He has since deleted that. 17. Any other controversial tweets? <laughs> you know it. He said, speaking of MILF, I want to do something that impact kids in a positive way. That's why I'm opening an abortion clinic. I'm a call it 50-50 chance. Number 18. Did 50 Cent ever release a, a action video game when, in which he was the protagonist? Yes, he released 50 Cent Bulletproof in 2006. Critics said whether you're an action fan looking for a good shooter or a G-Unit fan in search of new material, Bulletproof dis- disappoints across the board. Number 19. Was 50 Cent ever arrested? Yes, in 1994 he was arrested on a direct sale of a controlled substance charge after selling four vials of crack cocaine to an undercover officer. Weeks later he was arrested again when police raided his home and found heroin, 10 ounces of crack cocaine and a starter pistol. Number 20. What was 50 Cent's nickname while he was a drug dealer? Answer, Boo Boo. And 21, of course, who did members of 50 Cent's G-Unit push? And the answer, of course, is my mother. That was 21 questions about 50 Cent. Hopefully that has answered anything you might need to know about him. You're welcome. And now we are in to the top five. So let's look at what is still to come. We have new entries from Beyonce and S Club Juniors and... Returning entries from Fast Food Rockers, Evanescence, and Wayne Wonder, who is at number five in his third week at the number five slot. Here he is with No Letting Go. Got somebody, she's a beauty, very special, really and truly. Here is our next new entry. Is it Beyonce or S Club Juniors? Um, what do you think? It's S Club Juniors with Fool No More. Number four. 
great song there. Some facts about S Club Juniors for you. They were supposed to exist only for the S Club 7 tour, where they supported S Club, because Simon Fuller had the brilliant decision that the grown-up S Club 7 should be supported on tour by a band of children. Nine children were chosen, although one of them had to drop out after they got a scholarship to stage school, and the remaining eight were unveiled to immediate hostility from children's charities. For example, the child protection charity Kidscape, who said in a statement, I hope this fails for the sake of the children, it's disgusting. Which is honestly a rude review of the song One Step Closer. So they originally only were supposed to exist for that tour, but after S Club, the wheels started falling off S Club and they decided to break up. Simon Fuller just needed to keep that S Club money train rolling in, adding to that 50 million that he'd made in the last four years. S Club got a mature upgrade and became S Club 8, even though at this point the youngest of them was still 13 and the oldest of them was only 16. But this song does, I think it's a great song in general. It does have that weird thing that S Club Junior songs have in which you're clearly listening to teenagers who have no experience of the things they're singing about. But hey, I've never minded a complete blank singing a song as long as the song is good, aka Rachel Stevens syndrome. But this song does predict the future of pop music because the main vocals are by S Club 8 members Frankie and Rochelle, which basically makes this an unofficial song by the Saturdays. By the way, I, presu- I assume anyone who's kind of listened to this kind of podcast knows that Frankie and Rochelle from the S Club Juniors went into the Saturdays. I thought that was a thing that every pop gay knew, and yet I told my husband this this week, and he looked at me like I'd said that the Cheeky Girls had previously been in Genesis. Like, it couldn't possibly be true, so maybe not everyone knows that. And as I mentioned earlier, there was a great profile by John Ronson in The Guardian of S Club 8, in which it revealed they all had their nicknames. So Calvin is the heartthrob, Jay is the professional, of which John Ronson said, if I were Jay, I'd want a cooler nickname. I think Jay's got the runt of the nicknames. Daisy, who was formerly the hair queen, is now fashion addict. Stacy is northern soul. Hannah is the cutie. Rochelle is model behaviour. Frankie is poster girl. And Aaron is the gay. No... <laughs> He's at the dancer, which basically, in euphemistic terms, is the same thing. It's fine. I'm obviously talking about adult Aaron now, who is gay, so that's fine. And I actually do have my own names, Aaron and Jay from S Club, apart from that, which is boys I've seen on Tinder, because back in my internet dating days, I definitely saw both of them. Neither of them matched with me, which I think was probably good for them, because all they wanted to do was hook up, and all I wanted to do was ask questions about the song New Direction. So we probably weren't really made for each other. In case you're wondering what S Club Juniors are up to, we will... spread those details out across the weeks but I can tell you now that Aaron and Jay are the two kind of most successful members apart from Frankie and Rochelle. Aaron is uh, has been a choreographer for the stars he most famously now is the choreographer for Dancing on Ice and Jay is currently the understudy for Alexander Hamilton in the West End version of Hamilton so both still kicking around in the entertainment industry and the way it's still a debate I think about whether gay being gay is nature or nurture but I think there's definitely evidence in this John Ronson piece that being gay is nature because here's a little quote from Jay in the John Ronson profile they're talking about doing Top of the Pops for the first time I think we all came in and it was like oh my god Jerry Halliwell says Jay we were like uh so yeah definitely gay people are gay from a young age it's worth reading this profile for yourself and I'm going to post it on our Twitter at 2000s chart show and our (laughs) threads heard of it we are at the 2000s chart show there everyone's favorite complete copy of twitter only existed to rile up a billionaire because that's the hellscape we live in but anyway there's a great line in which they interview john interviews one of escalate's minders and he asks her how do you stop them from getting too starry and mary the chaperone replies well calvin was a bit starry yesterday so i made him hoover the stairs if only someone had made justin bieber hoover more stairs uh 
pop music in the 2010s may have been very different. So that's S Club Juniors at number four with Fall No More. Not able to match the their three number twos of One Step Closer, Automatic High and New Direction, but doing better than their last song, their attempt at the Christmas number one, their terrible cover of Puppy Love and two more S Club Juniors top 40s to go. So look forward to those in coming weeks. But for now, we are at the top three. Beyonce, Evanescence and Fast Food Rockers fighting out for that number one spot. So at number three, this is in its third week and was at number two last week. It is Fast Food Rockers with Fast Food Song. Again, the variety of the 2003 charts that you have, Bring Me to Life, Crazy in Love and the Fast Food Song as your top three, quite special. But for now, there are only two songs left. Has Beyonce managed to get her first solo number one? Yes, of course she has. At In its eighth week on the chart, down from number one last week, at number two is Evanescence, Bring Me to Life. course means that we have a new UK number one. It's Beyonce with Crazy in Love. Beyonce's Crazy in Love getting to number one with 72,500 sales, which actually does make it one of the lower selling UK number ones of 2003. So at 72,500 sales, that is lower than Girls Aloud's Sound of the Underground, David Snedden's Stop Living the Lie, Tattoo's all the things she said, Gareth Gates' Spirit in the Sky, and Room 5's Make Love. Although this song obviously has become legendary, one of the most famous, most acclaimed songs of the 2000s, Beyonce's stardom not entirely assured there. You know, you wouldn't predict that David Snedden was rapidly outselling Beyonce, but he was at this point. But Beyonce got many more big songs to come that would prove her to be a legend. And it all starts here with Crazy in Love. No offence to her her first debut single work it out but not really giving in the same way and actually weirdly we may have Kelly Rowland to thank for Beyonce becoming a megastar because it is Kelly Rowland's surprise number one with Dilemma that led to Beyonce's album Dangerously in Love being delayed um, as we talked about when Kelly Rowland released Can't Nobody the surprise success of Dilemma meant that they rush released Kelly Rowland's album which meant they rush released a lot of songs to go on that album which meant that Kelly Rowland didn't have amazing follow-ups to Dilemma apart from Stole, my favourite song about school shootings. So that meant that kind of her career flagged a bit. But what the fact that they rush released Kelly Rowland's album meant that they delayed Beyonce's album. So she had lots of time to work on it. Meant that while Kelly Rowland had to contend with Can't Nobody and 
train on the track Beyonce had baby boy and naughty girl in the chamber ready to go so that's why on the same day that Beyonce was playing to Tottenham Stadium Kelly Rowland was giving a chaotic and messy set to whatever poppered up twinks was still left at the end of Mighty Hoopla's Saturday so yeah you can imagine had Dilemma not been a UK and US number one which of course means that Kelly Rowland was the first Destiny's Child member to have a solo number one we may have had a Beyonce album Dangerously in Love may have been just 12 versions of Work It Out which I can't see Beyonce uh, selling out stadiums in 2023 had she released an album full of Work It Out caliber songs but luckily she had Crazy in Love it's built on a sample of the Chi Lights 1970 song Are You My Woman Tell Me So But we say that uh, she had not had more time to create the album. She may not have been the star that she became. The raw star power that Beyonce has when she performed Crazy in Love on Top of the Pops cannot be denied. Putting her up on the same episode as like a awkward mystique performance and ocean colour scene just makes her look like on a different stratosphere of performer. So in the US, Crazy in Love was number one for eight weeks. And you'll have to keep listening to the show to find out how many weeks Crazy in Love made it in the UK. In an interview, Beyonce said this song was very different from anything that she'd done and very different from most R&B songs. The beat is so hard it hurts your heart when you hear it. And this was enough to win it Grammys for Best R&B Song and Best Rap Song Collab. And NME called it the best song of 2003. And of course, Rolling Stone has called it the 16th best song of all time. And I'm just going to just gonna check that list. And uh... Oh no, Fast Food Song by the Fast Food Rockers didn't make any of those lists actually and won no Grammys. So that's surprising. So yeah thank goodness that she beat that to number one so this song is sure to be on the charts for weeks so we're going to have plenty of time to talk about all the interesting things around crazy in love but for now we will hear it in just a minute but first i'm going to tease beyonce like a stick a carrot on a stick in front of you and you like a podcast listening donkey will plow on as i do the outro and tell you to please like rate and review us on spotify and other listening outlets i always think of spotify that's where i listen to podcasts but apple google they all use algorithms that promote podcasts more when you give them five star reviews so that would be amazing if anyone could do that we are at twitter at 2000 chart show and at instagram and threads a platform I'm really hoping is not going to take off because I cannot be absolutely asked to do it, but I will do it for you guys if you follow us at the 2000 Chart Show there. Email us at the 2000 Chart Show at gmail.com to share thoughts and reflections about 2003. But for now, here is our new UK number one single, Crazy in Love by Beyonce. See you next week. No one else can come and look at-